what I was surprised is like I, when I when I was going through the series, it felt like we were just in. We were we were the ones in control. We had it. We just couldn't quite, you know, maybe have that bounce or the big moment here and there. And when 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 I was talking about how we were kind of all over and in control, they just like they were like, no, 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 we were in control. Like I was like, I I don't I don't think so at all. Actually, like we had like an extra ten scoring chances over your three, but they're like, yeah, yeah it's fine. And so I was like, and I just I don't know if we had to, maybe honestly if we watched them over, it would be different. Maybe a little bit because like, you really start to realize maybe um, how close we were to really right. – I mean, it was one goal games, every one of them. And, you know, we are missing two of our, our top goal scorers um, between uh, Svechi and Patch. So, like, those are two big holes. They were healthy, all those things. You can go forever. I mean, mm-hmm. so, like, there was – those were my excuses a little bit. And, and you know, they were like uh, – and I was like, ah, your goalie was way too hot or something like that. And, you know, and they're just like, well, we you know, we, that's the way we play. And, then, you know, we found a way to kind of go down score. And, and that's how we played. And that's how they won. That's how they beat Boston. That's how they beat all the Toronto team. So, like right. – and that's – that's that was a recipe in which is – I mean, it worked for them. So – didn't work in the finals, unfortunately, but um, you know it it, it 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 got us. Welcome to the Canes Corner Podcast with your host Adam Gold. The Canes Corner Podcast is a part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. And now here's Adam. Welcome to the Canes Corner Podcast. I am Adam Gold. It is one week. Before the opener. One week before the opener. We are back, and we are back with a vengeance. I will get to a lot of things and a conversation with the captain, Jordan Stahl, coming up in just a couple of minutes. First, we're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. Whether it's roofing or siding or entry doors or storm doors, spoke to somebody yesterday who's having the aluminum company out at her house, and she's excited. And I said, I keep telling everybody, best thing they do, customer service. They do a great job on your house. But you will never be disappointed by how they treat you and uh, how they back up their work. Um, Aluminumcompany.com. Before we get to... Uh, my portion of this podcast, a very heartfelt apology. I know how much all of you enjoy this, and I'm flattered and humbled by all of it. I can't even express to you how happy it makes me that you enjoy it. I obviously enjoy doing it, otherwise I wouldn't do it. Um, but I owe all of you an apology because it has been, uh, I have not lived up to my end of the bargain for you really over the last month. I kept, I will just say threatening, uh, to get back into the swing. Uh, but man, life is busy and, uh, it just hasn't been as easy as I thought would, it would be to get back into it. But we are one week away. We've got a lot of stuff that I think you'll like. And uh, the season, again, starts next Wednesday. And we are, I'm recording this um, Wednesday, October 4th, early in the morning. But still, we're in the, uh, the back porch studio where we do the road game morning after podcasts. And an occasional podcast uh, that doesn't involve a game like this one. 
Uh, so again, thank you very much. My apologies for being way too sporadic uh, and almost uh, not even present for you. But uh, we're back and we're ready to go in the next week before the opener. Uh, as we have today, Jordan Stahl, the head coach, Rod Brindamore, a conversation with Brett Pesci, and a lot more. So uh, we've got a lot of stuff to do. So uh, here's what I want to do. And again, the captain, Jordan Stahl, coming up. Really, in just a couple of minutes, I'm not going to spend a lot of time uh, in the front part of this because uh, I want to get you to the Captain Jordan Stahl. Uh, I have, there's a lot of things that we can look at going into the season uh, that are important. Uh, you know, there are probably 15 different topics of conversation that we can have. Uh, one is all of the pending free agents after this season. But I'm going to leave that for another podcast. Um, although one will get mentioned here. Um, I have five things that I am thinking about right now, one week before the opener. Five things. And I'm going to give those to you in order from five to one, and then I will give you a conversation with Jordan Stahl. Number five, the goalie carousel. We sit here all day and say, ah, three goalies, it's okay. It ain't okay. It's not okay to have three goalies. If all three are healthy. Now, aside, we all understand uh, that all three have had significant bouts with injury. Good to have three goalies. But for right now, all three are healthy goalies. That is an untenable situation during the season. If Kachetkov isn't playing, he's not getting better. He has to play. So if it's not here, you have to find a place for him to play, and you have to trust that the organization is going to let him play. He can't just play once a week. He's got to play. So you'd have to find a um, a franchise with that doesn't have a top goalie prospect that doesn't mind you honing your top prospect skills there. It's just not easy. I don't I don't find it I don't buy that it's well no big deal. Um Auntie Ranta and Freddie Anderson, there's a reason why they're here. They are here to play. And Ranta knows his role. He is the backup. Freddie is the number one. Uh and it's just, it, it is a difficult situation. Granted, they'll all probably be hurt at some point during the season, so yay. But I am cons- I am definitely concerned about that, um, and I can't even tell you who's the, who's the leader, who's played the best. It doesn't even matter. Preseason games are stupid. They're, there's just nothing about a preseason game I think that gets you really ready for the regular season in hockey. You're not playing with everybody. You're playing with uh, either a skeleton defense or you're playing with forwards that aren't that don't know what they're doing in terms of being NHL players. So I just I just can't draw any conclusions uh, from any of that. Uh, not not as it pertains to goaltenders. Uh, as an aside, I kind of like uh, Yanni Peretz, uh, the kid from Quinnipiac. I think we're pretty sure we know where he's going to be. He's going to be in Norfolk uh, playing for the Admirals, is my guess. 
right? Because even that is kind of an untraditional or non-traditional arrangement since it's not the Hurricanes, you know, it's not their ECHL team, but they do have a working arrangement with them, and I'm sure there's going to be some players there, including the goaltender. So that's number five. Number four, and I think this is the only roster spot that is unclaimed as we get to the season, and that is who is going to be the fourth-line center. So there are options among young players, right? You've got Jack Drury, who, and I said this at the beginning of the uh, preseason uh, during the uh, storm watch and the aftermath, that it is Jack Drury's job to lose. Again, can't gauge it. I didn't see him play uh, in the first game. I was uh, I was away for game two. Nobody saw, I guess Walt Ruff saw, uh, games, uh, either game three or game four, whichever split squad game he was playing in. But I believe we're going to see Jack Drury play in both games against Nashville tomorrow, Thursday, and Friday. And if Jack earns the spot, Jack will get the spot. And he might get it anyway if nobody else takes it. But it, but that here's the thing. It's possible that somebody could take it. Now, in a way, he there, uh, a break has been, uh, you know, given to Jack in that the young kid, Vasily Ponomarov, who a lot of people thought was going to claim that spot from Jack, is hurt and not playing in the preseason. So... Uh, it's going to be some time before he comes back uh, and get, is ready to even play in the NHL. I don't think it's a long-term injury, but he hasn't been around in training camp. So there's that. Ryan Suzuki has played well. Do I think Ryan Suzuki is going to claim the fourth-line center spot? No. Not that Ryan Suzuki might not be good, but I don't think Rod looks at that spot and sees Ryan Suzuki as a fit for that role. Hey, Ryan, I think, is somebody that has to play up in your lineup. Uh, not that Jack can't. Jack absolutely can. But Jack can be a fourth-line center. Uh, so the only other option, I think, for those roles is a- any one of the guys here on a professional tryout. Is Corey Conacher a possibility? Is Zach Aston Reese a possibility? Um, there's been good performances from among the PTO, the veteran PTO guys. And if one of those guys just so happens to uh, play well enough and the Hurricanes want to offer him a contract, I mean, I'm sure they'll all pass through waivers, so it's not like they're worried about losing somebody. So I do think that it is possible that that if it's not Jack, it might be one of those veterans here on a PTO. But best-case scenario is that Jack Drury just grabs it and runs with it or skates with it, as the sport may be. All right, number three, Brent Burns. I'm not concerned about Brent Burns in the least. But last year was a Hurricanes record performance. What, 18 goals, 61 points for the season. He had two goals and nine points in 15 playoff games. Fell off a little bit, I guess, in terms of scoring uh, in the playoffs. But, I mean, it's such a small sample size. Uh, the one one good game, and he's back on track. So, uh, Burns had a great, 
great year. And remember, part of that was kind of getting acclimated to the way the Hurricanes played during the season. Um, so he is a horse. I don't what it's been like, what, nine years since he missed a game? Uh, so a healthy Brent Burns over the course of the season, I would expect more of the same and maybe better. He keeps himself in phenomenal shape. Uh, while he's not fast, he's a very good skater. And I, I'm just, I am excited about year two with Jacob Slavin. And think about this, because Slavin has been the guy who has been used to uh, essentially shepherd offensive defensemen through seasons. Dougie Hamilton's second year with Carolina was the the season that was cut short by the pandemic. If you remember what Hamilton was doing until the time of his injury, and maybe he had fallen off just a shade before then, that was the best of Dougie Hamilton. Year two, once he got completely comfortable with everything, with the system, with his partner, this could be absolutely awesome if Brent Burns in year two is better than he was in year one, uh, and I mean, I would not be su- I would not be surprised at all if we're talking about something in the neighborhood of a seventy point season, seventy five points even, because when you when once you get comfortable with a Jacob Slavin, I'm just saying, Dougie Hamilton was the best he's ever been, in my opinion, in year two until the injury. All right. Uh, so I cannot wait for uh, Brent Burns. Number two, what is Tavo Teravainen? And this is not I. This is one of the players who is you know has a contract up at the end of this year, and we'll talk about that contract another time. But what I want to talk about first is the player, because for the first time in his career, and last year was not an injury played season for Teravainen. Right, he. I mean, he missed some games. He played in '68, but Tavo Teravainen was just not good for the healthy portion of his season. And we were all hoping that when he got to the playoffs, he would just like, all right, the regular season is behind us. Here's the playoffs. Now the real Tavo Teravainen comes forward, uh, and Carolina reaps the benefits of that. Never happened because he got hurt, and he only played in six games. He got hurt in the second game of the preseason, came back for the Florida series. Probably shouldn't have. And I know that there is still some issues with the thumb. I know he's uh, he's said that the thumb may never be the same. Uh, look, I hope, I hope that he can still do all the things that he used to be able to do. I know that his brain, his hockey brain, isn't going to be impacted. So physically, if he can get around whatever mobility issues he has with his thumb, uh, and maybe it improves then I expect Tavo, Tavo Teravainen to have a Tavo Teravainen season. And since signing his contract extension uh, in, what, January of that first playoff year, this is before Carolina became the team that went to the Eastern Conference Finals in Rod Brindamore's first year. But since signing that contract, Teravainen has essentially been about a 75-point scorer. 75 points. I mean, that's, you know... Incredible! There aren't that many players in the NHL that score almost a point a game. 
And Taravainen does that with a skill set that is also one of the best defensively in the sport. And again, his hockey brain is advanced. So are you going to get the best of Tavo Taravainen? And there is an, there's, very, there's a very real possibility that Turbo, at the very beginning of the season, gets another opportunity. I mean, there's a possibility either way, but there's a very good possibility that Taravainen, because of thought number one we'll get to in a second, is going to play in a top six role. And this is where Tavo's got to grab it and keep it. And to me, and I've said this before, he is the key to unlocking the best version offensively of the Hurricanes. The defense is great, and that's where the trust comes in, and killing penalties, and uh, back-checking, and covering for other players who might be trying to uh, create offense. And I'm not uh, saying that anything is wrong about that, uh, but, you know, the charm of Carolina's style is that when forwards pinch in to create offense, to jump up into the play, rather when defensemen pinch in to create offense, forwards have to circle back. And Taravainen does that as well or better than any of Carolina's forwards. So um, it's just so important to have the best version of Tavo Taravainen because it's hard to see Carolina winning a Stanley Cup without it. It just is. He's that good. He makes Ajo better. He makes the power play better. He makes the penalty kill more dangerous. So what the, what does Carolina get out of Tavo Taravana? And number one, and this is the how these two things are related, Andrei Svechnikov, 23 goals, 55 points, 68 games. Then he suffers the uh, ACL injury against Vegas. He misses the last 18 in all the playoffs. And... Carolina missed him terribly in the postseason. Of course, where they were already without Max Pacioretty. And I do remember a time when uh, Jesperi Kokaniemi was uh, putting up a lot of points in about a three-week stretch, and Don Waddell uh, went from uh, needing an offensive uh, player in at the trade deadline to wanting an offensive player but need and want are two different things, and they never really, they never had to go get it, according to them. And then Kokaniemi became Kokaniemi again, which is not a great offensive player. And ultimately, it hurt them when they got deep into the postseason. They didn't, they couldn't find the goal that they needed. I'm not, not going to get deep into that particular uh, point. But either way, what you want is the dynamic ability of Andrei Svechnikov in the lineup. And he hasn't played yet. And I don't know if he's going to play in either preseason game Thursday or Friday. And this is what I would do. I wouldn't play him. I wouldn't play him in a game that doesn't matter. At some point, he's going to get back into the lineup. At this point, I would even hesitate to make it opening night I don't think he's going to miss a lot of time if he does. And he could, I mean, it's probably 50-50 that he plays a week from today. 
But when Andre comes back, Andre's not going to put a governor on Andre. There are no restrictor plates on Andre Svechnikov. So when he comes back into the lineup, it's the full Andre Svechnikov experience. And he can't play. He can't get back into the into the lineup until he's 100%. And he's still skating in a yellow non-contact jersey. And uh, he's skating with the the main group, and he's in all the drills, but he's wearing yellow. So anytime there's a puck near the wall, Andre, Andre can go get it, and nobody goes with him. So we haven't even gotten to that point yet. So my gut tells me that we might not see him opening night. I thought we would uh, even a month ago, but my gut tells me that we won't. And that's okay because... Not that opening night isn't important. All 82 are important. But the most important are the ones after 82. Game 83, 84, 85, all the way through 105. Those are the games you want Andre Svechnikov for. So if Andre misses the opener, and if he misses a good chunk or even all of the West Coast road trip, then that's okay. And maybe his opener is when the Hurricanes get back two weeks after the opener, right? And and that would be okay. If Andre missed the first six or seven games of the regular season, I mean, Carolina's not going to go 0-7. He'll be fine. Adam Golden Studio with my friend Jeff Monsine, who used to be the owner-operator of the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. His dad was as well. Sammy Hanna's now in charge. Let's talk about windows, or are they winders? I like to say winders because you winders, look like a winder guy. Yeah, but if you're thinking about custom-made windows, bay and bow windows, garden windows, double-hung sliders, all the windows are insulated, super energy efficient, tilt-in for cleaning. Give the aluminum company a call. One of the great salesmen will come out, give you a free no-obligation estimate. Ryan can tell you a little can bit more. Can I talk more. to one of the great salesmen? Yeah, talk to him. I have Ryan Monsine here. You know him. Do you have a favorite window? We do. My favorite's the double-hung window. Like Jeff said, it tilts in, easy to clean, and it's Energy Star rated, which means it's going to make your home a lot more airtight, a lot more energy efficient, too. Very good. I like airtight. I like energy efficient. And I like the fact that you called your dad, Jeff. Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham, 800-672-4348 and AluminumCompany.com. Before we get to my conversation with Jordan Stahl, very quickly about the, the development of Jordan as a captain. Keep this in mind. Jordan got here more than a decade ago. He's now played with the Hurricanes twice as long as he played with the Penguins. I, that just blows me away. Twice as long he's been a Hurricane than he was a, was a Penguin. His name is on the Stanley Cup with Pittsburgh. He wants his name on the Stanley Cup with Carolina, like his brother. But when he got here, he got here to play with his brother, and that never worked out. And that was always something that if you if you – admire the humanity of professional athletes. That was the plan. The plan was Jordan and Eric to be together and probably to bring bring Mark here at some point because the the brothers are incredibly close, as you'll hear in this conversation. So that didn't work out. 
he watched his brother get abused as a captain by the fan base. Don't even pretend that didn't happen. And then he becomes the captain. And fans just saw Stahl and went, well, we don't we didn't like the last Stahl. Uh, and he took a lot of flack because he's not a big goal scorer. Uh, and he got hurt one year, right? Uh, and then there was this stupid year where he and Justin Falk shared the captaincy, which was dumb. And then Justin Williams became the captain and took all the pressure off of Jordan Stahl. All of it. And then Justin took a back seat, took basically the first half of the year off, and Jordan was the captain. And that was a weird year. It's hard to gauge anything from that. But Jordan was the captain. And then the following year, I thought, was a completely different Jordan Stahl. A Jordan Stahl more comfortable being Jordan Stahl. Uh, A Jordan Stahl more comfortable being the face of this franchise. Being the the captain. Being the... uh, He's always a great leader, but being a little bit more vocal, being a little bit more uh, happy-go-lucky at times. And this is maybe a bad way of gauging it, but I get a chance, and I'm privileged to do this, I get a chance to talk to these guys a lot. And my conversations with Jordan, our relationship, if you will, not friends, obviously, but just... Uh, somebody has a good working relationship, has become so much more enjoyable for me because Jordan has become so much more relaxed in that role. He's an outstanding player, incredibly good player, um, but a tremendous guy and a great dad and an inc- of such a good captain. Uh, and I hope you enjoy this conversation with Jordan. There will be more. Uh, but I, if you are a Hurricanes fan, and if you've gotten this far, you definitely are, uh, then I think you'll enjoy my conversation with Jordan Stahl. I know you guys don't pay attention to it, but I'm sure you've heard it. You guys are the betting favorites. So Vegas Vegas, baby, yeah. Vegas has right exactly Vegas has said the Carolina Hurricanes are the favorites. How do you it's not insignificant. I'm not sure it's hugely significant but it says something. So what is it? Maybe they're looking for some money, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh no, it's good. Obviously um you know we've we've talked about it before here especially when Roddy came in the, about raising the bar here in in Carolina and um like I said, we, we pulled it up off the floor where we were for a while, and, um, you know, we raised it over our head. It's just a matter of getting it over the top, and um, it's all good things. That's uh, that's never a bad thing to be in the mix, uh, being talked about being one of the better teams in the league. So. And this is a lot of years running. I mean, I remember when the Metropolitan Division was created, and I'm not going to lie, because I thought, because this was before Rod became the coach, um, it was fair to go, man, when are the Hurricanes ever going to win this division, right? Uh, because of all, I mean, with Pittsburgh and Washington and all the pedigreed teams, and now it's two years in a row, and you're picked again, and the core is still young. So, I mean, what does that say about 
not just Rod or you or the core, but just how everything has kind of come together. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I mean, just from my personal experience, obviously, uh, being gone through all that, playing through all that, just, just grinding it out, um, you know, being on Pittsburgh as well, being a top team, and then, you know, coming here, playing with the brother and, and hoping for great things and really just not, not really hitting, uh, you know, the nail in the, or the head and nail. And um, so it, it was – those are frustrating times and, and to be able to kind of pull it all together, um, you know, obviously draft some amazing kids that uh, really come in and, and stepped up and um, pulled this organization to, to a new level. And, um, and not only that, it's, you know, it, it was, it's, it's Roddy coming in. It was Tom coming in. It was kind of that perfect storm as some might mm-hmm. say of, of, <laughs> of really um, just all those things kind of get put together and really, what you need for a recipe of success is having all those things firing. You know, you have an owner that's ready and willing to win and, and, and spend the money and, and bring in guys every year and try to push the team, push the team. And you got a coach that demands um, everything from you every day. And, and then we got a, a core young group of guys that are very talented and, and ready to work. So it's, uh, it's really special to be part of, and that's a big reason why I, I was begging to come back. Yeah, you didn't have to beg very much. Yeah. <laughs> um, the uh, I've I've joked with so many people about this. Um, I've called your kind of four year deal. Well, that's perfect a perfect length for Rod Brindamore uh, <laughs> to uh, to stay as the head coach because I I can't close my eyes and not see Rod as the head coach as long as you're here. I just can't. <laughs> um, I don't know how that makes you feel. I mean, it's probably good because the head coach has so much trust and faith in you. I want to take, I want you to take me back to uh, when you got here and you came here to play with your brother. And obviously we know that on the ice, it didn't work out, but somewhere along the line, you became the Carolina hurricanes as your brother has gone off. Uh, and we'll talk about some other things, but um, what is, what, what was it like then and is this more gratifying because of everything that's happened? Yeah, like I said, it, you know, coming in here in Carolina and, and leaving obviously a good situation, and um, but wanting uh, wanting it that much more and doing it with family was was my goal. And um, you know, everything was amazing. I mean, it you couldn't ask for a better situation of being in the NHL. Uh, you know, being top of our our game at. Uh, at, at um, the prime of our careers and, and being able to compete with each other. It was, it was something I'll never forget. And, um, you know, building families, hanging out with Eric's kids and, and having a kid of our own and, um, you know, with family here in Carolina. And, um, just all those things, um, you know, especially outside the game were amazing. And, and obviously um, we, were, we, were, we were pretty good. We just couldn't quite get over the hump. And, and it was just a few pieces here and there. And we were kind of just trying to hope, hope that we were going to make it. Mm-hmm. We just didn't quite get over the hump and, and kind of push, uh, you know, you know, with a few maybe additional pieces we were in right there. But, um, you know, still a competitive squad. We had some good good, um, good runs, but just came, always seemed to be coming up short. And, you know, it was, it was frustrating. Obviously, you had some dark times for sure. Um, but, um, you know, to, to be able to kind of push through that, um, unfortunately, watch watch the brother go, but to see him, you know, move on and play unbelievable, um, especially in Minnesota, was was pretty cool. So I knew he'd be okay, and um, and then you know, kind of to push through. Not really sure what I was doing to be honest. Once he left, and mm-hmm. um, that had to be hard on you. Yeah, it was. It was uh, especially yeah. I mean, leaving Pittsburgh, good situation, playing with the brother, not really hitting anything, 
and really, you know, right through the prime of my career and really kind of have nothing to show for it. And then, you know, my brother gets traded, you know, and you're like, well, now what? Like, so, I, I mean, I, I, I thought and prayed about it a lot and, um, you know, staying in Carolina and, um, and really kind of just sticking true to myself with pushing through adversity and, and to be able to get on the other side of it now and, and to be a part of the group that we are now, I, I can see kind of, uh, the plan, uh, looking back, um, you know, for my life and it's, uh, it's been really, really cool to see and um, just been blessed uh, to be here now and, and hopefully, um, you know, kind of top it all off here soon. What did your brother teach you about leadership? Because I felt, I remember when he became captain and I remember how hard that must have been for him since Rod was the previous captain and we all know how, what, how Rod is felt about here from, I mean, and it's all justified. But I thought that your brother really has had developed had grown into being a great leader and face of this team, and then he leaves. Uh, but what did you learn from him about that, about being accountable? Yeah, it was it was like most captains. It's their day-to-day demeanor, I think, is the biggest thing. It's, it's Guys are always watching. It's like basically like when you go home and hang out with your kids, they're always watching and they're always keeping an eye on you. They're always trying to figure out what's 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 – what are you up to? What's your motivation? Right. How do you, how do you run things and how do you do things? And, and really what's, what's in it for you and what's in it for me and, and all those things. And, you know, I watched my brother Eric and, and he's in it for, for the group and to win. And like, you see in his eyes every day, every yep. game, he's nuts. Like he just like, and he just, it, it gives me goosebumps now. I, I know that look and I've seen that look and I'm like, Oh crap. Like I gotta go here. Like, <laughs> so, like I know that I remember those times and you're like, yeah, like that's what you want. Right. He's got that fire. And, He's so competitive and, and, and really just every day he's showing up ready to work and ready to go. And, and you know, um, you know, growing up as a kid, uh, um, a family friend, like, let's see some snot coming on your nose. Like, it's just like that stuff. It just like, and it just breathes a, a great culture of competitiveness. And, I mean, everyone in this league is competitive, but just kind of push everyone to do that every day and consistently is, is the big thing here. And um, and I learned that from Eric and, um, and all throughout my life for, from great leaders and, Eric was no different, of course, and, um, you know, he was uh, he was a special player, a guy that uh, wasn't crazy flashy, but, man, he got the job done, and he he, mm-hmm. he scored some, some amazing big goals and a lot of fun just to play with him, and um, just um, it, it was really cool to watch him uh, um, be a leader in our, in our room. Are you ready to buy or sell your home? The Jim Allen Group is a nationally recognized and award-winning real estate team in the Triangle, dedicated to providing exceptional service to meet your needs. With the latest insights and expert market knowledge, they'll make your home buying and selling journey as smooth as possible. Don't wait. Head over to JimAllen.com and start your next move today. That's JimAllen.com. The Jim Allen Group, your partner in real estate. It was f- what's funny about Eric is that some players are make it look too effortless, right? And mm-hmm. so you don't realize how hard they're working sure. while they're making it yeah, look effortless. Sure. There's no question. Yeah. You don't realize how how hard he was, how fast he was, because right. he just looked like there. Oh, I'm just going. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah he was he was almost cursed by because of that. Yeah. Right? People yeah. would uh, would almost like, why isn't he working hard? Yeah. Like you obviously not work, <laughs> yeah. not paying attention to this. Um, first of all, was uh, was the summer may- maybe a little bit more difficult because of what happened in the Eastern Conference Finals with two of your brothers on the other side? It was it was interesting. Um, yeah, 
<laughs> it, it was, I mean, we knew we were going to, I knew we were going to break it down with them a little bit. And, and like we do, honestly, every summer, it's usually in the sauna with a few beers and, and then it, it was just sauna so, beers. it's so cool. Sauna beers, nothing better. And, um, just so cool to, to, to see what I saw during that series and then to see what they think they saw, you know, right. <laughs> like, but also like what they saw and how, and how they thought it unfolded. It was, it was, uh, it was different than I thought it would be. But and um, to the point where almost you're almost about to get fired up a little bit, but like, but um, pretty amazing, obviously, um, what happened and what unfolded, and um, not amazing for us, obviously. Um, but looking back on it, um, so cool. Um, all our all our kids too are at the age where they knew what was going on, and right? To be you know all in our thirties, um, higher thirties, some uh, more than others, but, um, you know, to be in the situation we were and be part of two great teams and just battling it out in the first game is four overtimes. And you're like, it just like, it's just all those things. Just like, it's just what we grew up doing and, and loving. And like, I just like, and we, we just, we broke it down. We had so much fun talking about it and all the different things that happened throughout that right. playoff series. And, um, it, it was pretty cool. Um, it was unfortunate we did at least just get one win would have been nice and just kind of, I mean, honestly, if we got one, I think we would have won four. But it just, it just, um, it was an interesting series. It was unfortunate. We just kind of kept getting behind the eight ball and we just couldn't quite um, get the ball rolling in that series. And um, But it was it was pretty neat, pretty cool. I'm, I'm curious, as much as you can to protect the innocent, um, what was their view? of of that series and I mean, we thought it was close uh but at the same time Florida won the moments like yeah. if you I'm, I don't know if you're a tennis fan but usually the matches and total points are pretty even yeah. but Djokovic always wins that point yeah so what what did they think was the difference in the series yeah and by the way what is the yeah. what is the beer of choice in a sauna uh, uh we gotta go light beers now okay I mean, unfortunately <laughs> but uh you know, in the odd time we have uh, some northern beers there that uh, are pretty good, but um, some local ones. But um, yeah, um, they. What I was surprised is like I, when I when I was going through the series, it felt like we were just in. We were in, we were the ones in control. We had it. We just couldn't quite you know maybe have that bounce or the big moment here and there. And when 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 I was talking about how we were kind of all over and in control, they just like, they were like, no, 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 we were in control. Like I was like, I, I don't, I don't think so at all. Actually. Like we had like an extra 10 scoring chances over your three, but they're like, yeah, yeah it's fine. So I was like, and I just, I don't know if we had, maybe honestly, if we watched them over, it would be different maybe a little bit. And like, cause you really start to realize maybe um, how close we were to really, right. I mean, it was one goal games, every one of them. And you know, we we're missing two of our, our top goal scorers um, between uh, Svechi and Patch. So like, those are two big holes. They were healthy. All those things. You can go forever. I mean, mm -hmm. so like, there was those were my excuses a little bit, and and you know they were like, uh, and I was like, ah, oh, your goalie was way too hot or something like that, and you know, and they're just like, well, we, you know, we that's the way we play, and then, you know, we find a way to kind of go down score, and and that's how we played, and that's how they won, that's how they beat Boston, that's how they beat all the Toronto team. So like, right. and that's that's that was a recipe, and which is, I mean, it worked for them. So didn't work in the finals, unfortunately, but um, you know, it 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 it, it got us. So. Um, you know, it, it, it's interesting. The game can be, I mean, it can be so close and to break down all those things, you know, there's only not one, just one thing that really kind of puts it over the edge, but, uh, it was interesting to see their view on, on uh, the series as well. I have a couple of more things for you. And then I wanted to ask you some kind of lighthearted stuff real quick. Did, uh, did Seth beat himself up for not scoring that goal early in overtime, first overtime 
in game one. I mean, right out in front, Bobrovsky is down, and he gets the crossbar. Did did Seth? See, I mean, I, I, I can barely remember that. I mean, for the amount, the amount of chances that, I mean, I'm sure it's six out of your mind. Seth, he, he would. Yeah, he would remember, yeah. obviously. And, I mean, you can talk about, you can go over my game. I could have ended that triple overtime game, or, three, or the next game, sorry, game two. I could have ended that three times as well. I had a two-on-one, first shot in overtime. Turbo gave me a backdoor, and I went off of Mark Skate somehow. Or, and, you know, and then I had another uh, great chance. So three great chances to end that game, and I didn't either. So they're, they're, they're out there. They're out there. If you watch them over again, it wouldn't be just him. It wouldn't just be right. me. It would be a lot of them. So uh, I, I don't think he uh, – I mean, the way he, his demeanor is, I'm sure he's pretty uh, – he's okay with it. But I'm, I'm sure if you ask him, he, he would be upset about it. And, and uh, um. But uh, it's but you can go for days with that stuff. Yeah, I mean, right. I, I can remember other playoffs runs that we've gone on where, um, and even when the years we won, the year we won, it was you know it could have gone the other way where they went down and, and just missed a chance, and we go down and score. So it's it's very close. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've watched watched all of these series. I mean, the series the first year with the Islanders, I mean that was a sweep, and honestly, New York could have won every one of Correct. of those games. Uh, does Sebastian look like he left the weight room at all during the summer? <laughs> he looks good, man, and um, he's oh man. I, I, I mean, yeah, I can know I can talk about him forever, but he's he's still my favorite NHLer, and he's he's a player that um, and just his demeanor and and the way he carries himself is right from the start. He's he's a born leader and um, just a, a player that um, is so competitive, just wants to win on everything at all times and. Um, it's uh, it's a, a fun guy to be around with and just compete with. Who is the breakout player? The person, the player in that room that you think they're about to go to another level. Uh, this coming season. Yep. Mm. I, I mean, I think Jar's gonna have a big year. Um, you know, I, I think um, from experience, the second year for me is as well. Really, really was tough. Um, you know, I think. Um, you know, he looks like he's in, in, in much better shape and ready to go this season and in and, and a better mindset of, of what it takes. Um, you know, I um, I think he's he's primed and ready to go. I think Turbo's going to have a great bounce back year as well. And, um, you know, he, he uh, he's feeling healthy and feeling good and not having any nagging injuries. So um, I think those two are going to have uh, two big years. And we've got a lot of other great players that are obviously going to have great years too. All right. A couple of uh, goofy things. Is there a fantasy football guy in the locker room? Is there somebody who's like too into it? Yeah, uh, there's a few, but I would say um, as of right now, Tony Tony's the guy that definitely brings up the most. Um, uh, he's a he's a fly equals fly guy, but he he knows pretty much any question around the league. He's he's pretty much on top of it. Uh, is there a sport that you love to watch other than hockey? Uh, golf. Um, you know, I. I a nice uh, Sunday afternoon after church and, and uh, lay on the couch and, and throw in the golf is, is my go-to. Are you a Ryder Cup guy? I mean, it's... I love the Ryder Cup. I, I was fortunate enough to go to the, the Medina one in Chicago and the big comeback, and we were part of all that. It, uh, watching that, it was, I mean, fortunately, I'm not a big USA guy. Um, at the time, <laughs> I wasn't a big fan, so it was... Um, for, you're, for I was I was rooting for a good show, and and man, was it a good show! I mean, they weren't supposed to win, so I, they right. literally won on the 18th hole. So it was just a really cool day, and um, so golf is definitely a big one for me um, for sports for sure. Uh, favorite athlete as a kid growing up? Um, I mean, I, I my old man was a was a Leafs fan, so um, I watched a lot of Matt Sundin growing up, and 
was a big fan of just uh, Tom Deceptive making this look mm-hmm. easy. And he was he was a really cool hockey player to watch. Um, you know, the big guys, uh, Joe Sackix and um, the Marios and stuff like that, which was pretty cool. Um, so, but, um, you know, obviously Tiger Woods, I mean, like I said, Sunday afternoon, it was literally coming home from church and it was like, he's in the mix again. And we're like, all right. And, you know, you just like everyone, I just love watching him just compete and just abuse people out there. And it was so cool. And, um, he was, he's, uh, an amazing, uh, athlete. Uh, two, two more quick things. Uh, did you binge watch anything this summer? So on the lake, I honestly, <laughs> we've just barely got, barely got internet out there. So, I mean, I, I didn't, I don't really watch a ton of TV. I really don't, um, for whatever reason. Um, but, the sun stays up till like 11. So it's like, you know, I, you know, get the kids down barely cause you know, it's sun's still bright, right, right through their window, but I shove them, try to get to bed before nine. And, you know, I still have a couple hours of pure daylight. So it's, you know, it's usually the sauna or, right. or, you know, cleaning up the mess or whatever's going on. And, um, you know, we didn't watch a ton of, uh, a ton of TV, um, um, this summer. So. We're brought to you by the aluminum company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. No place like it. Sammy Hanna's crew do a great job. Thanks to them for jumping on board all season long. This has been the Canes Corner Podcast. Tomorrow, after the Hurricanes and the Nashville Predators play the road portion of the back-to-back to end the preseason, we will be live on YouTube with a live version of the Canes Corner Podcast. Uh, And, of course, it will show up in your podcast machine regular after the game anyway. But we do these live on YouTube uh, after games because why not? They're fun. Uh, So Thursday and Friday live on the Canes Corner podcast page on YouTube. Uh, And then there'll be some more before we get to the opener on the 11th. Until then, I am Adam Gold. Have a great day. You've been listening to the Kane's Corner Podcast with Adam Gold. The Kane's Corner Podcast is a part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network.